There's power in the name of. There's healing in the name of. There's salvation in the name of. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. You are all welcome to the morning session. This morning is the final morning section. Hallelujah. And after tonight, the church group conference will be over. Hallelujah. But I believe that this morning you have come because you are hungry for church growth. Amen. Yesterday, Bishop said something. He said that as the deer panted after the water brooks, and it's like that is how we must be. Where is the next thing that can help me have church growth? And I believe that this morning we have come panting. Hallelujah. I said we have come panting. Thank God that the Lord assures us that once we have an expectation that expectation shall not be cut off and so this morning i believe that as we come before the lord every expectation every dream we are having some of us didn't have dreams but god has given us a dream hallelujah and whatever dream whatever stars we have seen whatever numbers figures that we have i mean gotten into our spirit God is going to give us the grace and the wisdom, the Zion, the yeast to rise up to that number. Hallelujah. We are so blessed. We have Reverend Bishop Intelfo in our midst. Hallelujah. Amen. Some a medical doctor by training, somebody who has been in the ministry, raised many, many, many pastors, started many, many, many churches, and grown them. It is one thing knowing something and it's one thing practically doing it. And I believe that every single thing that he talks about, when you go to his church, you will practically see it there. Hallelujah. So he's not telling us something that is strange, something that he himself has studied, done it, and it has worked. And that is why I believe that God has laid it upon his heart that once you have done it and it, it has worked, at least you can point to people that this is it and it is okay it can happen amen ladies and gentlemen we are so blessed this morning thank god is not something just that he does in ghana he goes all over the world south africa kenya usa i mean europe to have similar conferences hallelujah so god has brought us not just somebody from here but an international conference speaker not just on any other subject but church growth and the fact that it is possible hallelujah i say and the fact that it is what is it possible you are not shouting the possible as if it is possible hallelujah 
with Jesus' joy, I want us to stand to our feet. Let's welcome Bishop Emmanuel Lewis in Temple once again to minister to us. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. How many of you are blessed to be here? Are you blessed to be here? I'm blessed to be here. Let us pray. Father, thank you for a blessing this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence, your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, this morning, I'm speaking on the subject, supernatural church growth. Supernatural church growth. So that is another living that is coming. Is that not so? We have received so many aspects of the living. Our heart, our attitude, our vision. Is that not so? Anakazo, prayer, eh, desire, having come across the reasons for a mega church. How many of you have read that there are so many reasons why a mega church is very important? It's very important, you know, for you to have a mega church. Now, what we must understand is that there are two main factors that are involved in the building of the church. So as we are building the church, there are two main factors that are needed. The first one is the human factor. The human factor. Which is you. Which is you. So, so far, most of the things that we have spoken about is about you, the pastor. As a human being, the human vessel, your heart, your vision, your desire, your willingness, I got what I'm saying, your prayer life, eh, and all that. That is about you. But there is another component, which is even the most important component that is involved in the building of the church. And that is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit's way is to help you as you are building the church for you to experience supernatural church growth. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord, send me supernatural church growth. Amen. Now, what is supernatural? Supernatural means the natural plus super. For what is what is superimposed on the natural and makes it supernatural? Hallelujah. Now, you realize in the ministry of Jesus that several times we saw him imposing. Um, the super on the natural, like in the feeding 
of the 5,000, there were five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish. If that was used to feed the people, I'm sure that after about 15 people had eaten, it would have been the end. So, the natural does something. But the, the effect of the natural is quite limited. Immediately, Jesus added the supernatural dimension. That same five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish was able to take care of 5,000 people. Not counting the women and the children. And if you take it that in every church, there are more women. Then if there were 5,000 men, there would easily be 7,000, 10,000 women. And if we take it that one out of each of those women carried a child at the back, you are talking about Jesus having fed about 15,000 people. And that happened because of the supernatural dimension. Whenever the supernatural dimension appears, it takes what you are doing to the highest level. Hallelujah. When they were fishing and he came, they said, we have caught nothing. Now, they had used the natural, their knowledge as fishermen, their expertise as fishermen. They had used their nets and all that and toiled all day without any result. When Jesus came, he added the supernatural dimension. And in the same waters, where they have caught nothing, now they caught abundance. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? So what I'm trying to let you understand is that, you know, as a pastor, as we are building the church, and believing God for growth, alright, there is your effort, but there is also the effort of God himself, the involvement of God, in what you are doing. And this involvement of God by His Spirit, do you understand it? Is what causes the church to explode in a certain way. That is what brings supernatural growth. So that is what I want us to talk about this morning. So that when you go home, you begin to experience supernatural growth in your church. Hallelujah. Now, we have three types of growth of the church. There is regular growth of the church. Regular. The church grows. Two people are added. Three people are added over time. Like over a period of six months. Three more people have joined the church. Five more people have joined the church. Two people have left, traveled somewhere or have backslidden. But over a period of eight months, ten more people have added. So the church is growing in a regular way. Another type of growth is biological growth. Where the church is growing because of childbirth. The members in the church are giving birth. And their children are being added. So that is biological growth. 
Hallelujah. But what we need is supernatural growth. And supernatural growth is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? Eh? Supernatural growth is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come with me to Acts chapter 9 and the statement. And I really want to take my time to teach this subject of supernatural growth. Amen. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Amen. The contemporary English version of this verse says, listen to this. The church in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria now had a time of peace and kept on worshipping the Lord. The church became stronger as the Holy Spirit encouraged it and helped it grow. And helped it grow. Right there, you are seeing, uh, you are seeing um, the influence of the Spirit. Another version here says, so the church throughout all Galilee, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace, being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord, and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, and it increased in numbers. Hallelujah. So, through the influence of the Holy Spirit, your church will begin to experience multiplication, growth, increase, expansion. That is supernatural growth. And that is as a result of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, why is it so? Why is it so? And this is the key. I really want you to get this key because um, often we don't understand it that way. On earth today, on earth today, on earth today, the person who is on earth today helping us to serve the Lord, to work as Christians, and to build the church is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not on earth. Jesus is, on, is not on the earth. You see, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they work together. But each of them is distinct and have their function. God the Father is the commander-in-chief. He gives the instructions. God the Son is the doer of the work. God the Holy Spirit is the power that gets the work done. In the Old Testament, the Godhead related 
with people through the Father. Through the Father. Through the Father. It was God the Father that related with people. But you see, in creation, they were together. Remember that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. Huh? And the darkness was on the face of the earth. And the Bible says that, and the Spirit of the Lord moved. And God said, let it be light. And there was light. You can see the three of them there. The Holy Spirit, God said the word, God, the Father. The three of them in operation. They are one. They work together. Hallelujah. Now, when we come into the New Testament, we see the Godhead relating with man through God the Son. Who was sent to come to die on the cross for the sins of humanity. When Jesus came, God the Father remained on his throne. And God the Holy Spirit was in heaven. Hallelujah. When they had a meeting to talk about how man could be saved, they decided that God the Son will come. Will come in the form of a man. Because Satan conquered the first Adam who was man. And therefore, God had to conquer Satan back and restore his creation not as God, but as man. So God the Son came to the face of the earth and took on the form of man. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 said that just as the sons were partakers of flesh and blood, he also took on the same form. Hallelujah. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through that he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is Satan. So Jesus came not as God. He came as a man. He had flesh and blood. And when he was crucified, he defeated Satan as man. And that is how he was able to destroy him that had the power of death. Hallelujah. But when he was coming on earth, I listen to me, it was a very dangerous thing for God to do. Because man was wicked. Man was corrupt. Man was evil. Man was dangerous. So they decided that go. But when it is time for you to begin, begin to minister, 
God the Holy Spirit will come and be with you so that he will turn you into a supernatural man. Do you understand it? So Jesus Christ came to the face of the earth, walked on earth for 30 years. During those times, he didn't preach. He didn't, you know, teach. He didn't work any miracles. He didn't. He didn't. Do you remember in John chapter 4, when he turned water into wine, the Bible said that was the beginning of miracles. Hallelujah. Why didn't Jesus do anything for 30, 30 years? Because it was planned by the Godhead that that was when he was going to start his ministry. Hallelujah. When he began to be 30 years, the Bible says in Luke chapter 3 and verse 21 that Jesus went to John the Baptist and was baptized. And when he came out of the water praying, the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. So, at that time, at that time, the Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit, also left heaven and came and anointed Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, empowering him for his earthly ministry. How many of you understand that? In Luke chapter 4 and verse 1, the Bible said that, And Jesus, being full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he went and fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights. And retained, Luke chapter 4 verse 14, in the power of the Holy Ghost. Which means that before the Holy Ghost came, he was without any power. But he retained in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in Luke 4, 4 16, look at it. Luke 4, 16. And the Bible said that his fame went abroad. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now the Bible said that as his custom was, which means that he used to go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He used to go. But on this particular day, on this particular day, when he returned from the wilderness, full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost, he had an announcement to make. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that abuse. Amen? To preach the acceptable year of the law. Verse 20. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Verse 21. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your years. The scripture that was proclaimed in Isaiah. What was said in Isaiah 61 or so, he said, now, that scripture, you are seeing it right now. But take note of something. Take note. That is the key. 
That is what we must understand. He said, now I can preach, I can teach, I can heal because God has anointed me. Because God has anointed me. From that time, Jesus started preaching. From that time, Jesus started preaching. Matthew 4, 17, the Bible said that, and from that day, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 4, 23, Matthew 9, 35, he went about preaching. And the multitudes followed him. They followed him. He started his ministry under the help, the power, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And this is the key. Jesus was able to do ministry because of the presence and the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason why Jesus healed, the reason why the crowds followed Jesus was because of the help and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you are understanding that? Supernatural growth that Jesus experienced in his ministry was because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Look, Jesus was an ordinary man until the Holy Spirit came. Can you understand that? Jesus healed, he did miracles, he walked on the sea, he raised the dead, not because he was God, not because he was God, but because he was anointed of the Holy Spirit. Get this very clear. Get this very, very clear. That the reason why Jesus had the ministry that he had was because of the presence and the help and the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Before that, he didn't do anything. Now, so, the Holy Spirit helped Jesus. When Jesus was about to go, he said something. He said something. In Luke 24, Look at Luke 24, verse 49. Or let's even pick it from about verse 45. He began to instruct them about the Great Commission. Hallelujah. Alright? Then open the understanding that they might they understand that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is, this is another type of the Great Commission. Amen. And ye are witnesses of these things. Now, he said, go and preach about repentance and the remissions of sins to the world. Immediately, he said that. He didn't even finish. He noticed that the disciples started going. So he asked them, why are you going? They said, oh, you told us to go and preach. You told us to go and preach. Then he said, no. He said, and behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But, tarry. Tarry means wait. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from a high. What Jesus was saying 
You can't go now. You can't go now. You can't go and preach now. You can't go and witness now. You can't go and heal anybody now. Wait until power comes upon you. I will send power to come upon you. I will send power to come upon you. Just before he ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives in Acts chapter 1 in his last discourse he repeated the same instruction. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 he told them when I go you shall receive power. You shall receive power. Watch. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. Watch it. He said, when you receive power, then you will be able to witness. How many of you understand that? So what you are telling them is that without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, don't attempt anything. I didn't do anything for 30 years. I waited for the Holy Spirit. You must wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and help you before you can also work for me. Why? Why? Because of the special role of the Holy Spirit. Look at Matthew chapter 9 from verse 36. Why was Jesus insisting that they should wait? They should wait. Matthew chapter 9 from verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Now watch verse 38. Watch verse 38. Pray ye therefore, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. For the Lord of the harvest, to make the harvest possible by sending more people. Who is this Lord of the harvest that Jesus was talking about? It's Jesus, if Jesus was standing there and talking to the disciples that there is the Lord of the harvest, then he was not talking about himself. He was not talking about himself. He was talking about somebody. Brothers and sisters, what you and I must understand that the Lord of the harvest is the Holy Spirit. The Lord of the harvest, the one who is in charge of the work that you are doing, your boss, your boss, your senior partner, your senior partner in your church is the Holy Spirit. The harvest of souls is committed to the Holy Spirit to help you and I to reap them. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. That is why Jesus waited for him. That is why he told the disciples, wait until he comes and helps you. How many of you can understand that? Now, the last time Jesus gathered of his disciples was in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16. Then from there, they went into the garden. 
They went into the garden. Amen? Alright? They were in the upper room in Jerusalem. Walked out of the gates of Jerusalem. Descended down. Descended down the side of Olivet that goes towards Jerusalem. Went into the Kingdom Valley. Climbed up a little and then the Garden of Gethsemane was just there. If you go to Israel today, it's still there. John chapter 17. That is where he prayed. It was in the midst of that prayer that Judas arrived with the high priest and the soldiers and the Pharisees and, and they arrested him. So John 13, 14, 15, 16 was his last discourse with them. Hallelujah. In John chapter 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. He was telling them his parting words. And they were so sad. And then in the midst of that, he said something. John 14, 16. Look at it. John 14, 16, 17, 18. John 14, 16, 17, 18. He said, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Why was Jesus going to send them the spirit? Why? 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 Watch verse 18. Verse 18. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. That word comfortless means often. Often. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Listen. The most handicapped people in this world are orphans. When you're an orphan, you don't have help. You don't have support. Nobody cares about you. Nobody promotes you. Nobody helps you in any way. So Jesus said, when I go, I don't want you to be people who don't have any support. I don't want you to be people who don't have any help. I don't want you to be people who walk around without any support. Therefore, I will send you another helper like myself. In the same way that I will be here helping you, supporting you, leading you, guiding you, I am going to send another comforter. That word comforter is the word parakletos. It means helper. It means advocate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eh? It means assistance. Assistant. Assistant. Stand by. The one that stands by to help us. So Jesus said, I am going. When I go, I'm going to send you another helper. Helper for what? Helper for the work that he has assigned to us. So therefore, Jesus was helped by the Holy Spirit. When he left, he promised them the help of the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, when they were gathered, praying and waiting in obedience to his instructions in Luke twenty-four forty-nine, the Holy Spirit descended 
and empower them. And under the influence of the Holy Spirit, these apostles also began to preach, began to teach, began to work miracles, began to establish churches, began to gather multitudes everywhere. How many of you are here? Do you understand it? Now, hello? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are understanding what is we are talking about? Now, the apostles ministered under the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. They preached, they taught, they healed the sick, they went on missions, they built churches under the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? When the Holy Spirit started operating in their church, from 120 in the upper room, they began to experience supernatural growth. When they had their first crusade, the Holy Spirit swept into the church. 3,000 people. That is supernatural growth. From 120 to 3,120. That is not regular growth. That is not biological growth. That is supernatural growth. May you experience supernatural growth in your church in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 4, the Holy Spirit swept another 5,000. <laughs> swept another 5,000 into the church. Wow. You see, that is why Jesus told them, wait, wait, wait until the Lord of the harvest, he is in charge of the harvest. He is in charge of the harvest. Wait until he comes. He's going to empower you. As for Jesus, he died, was buried, resurrected, and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That's where he is. Fulfilling his post-resurrection ministry, which is interceding for us. When Jesus went, the Godhead said, Holy Spirit, it's your turn to go. And this is the good news. Ever since he came, he's not going anywhere. God the Father is in heaven. God the Son is in heaven. God the Holy Spirit is here, helping us to do the work of the kingdom. This brings me to the heart of the message. The problem you and I have, now listen carefully, is that we have abandoned this helper. You and I. We have abandoned him and we are building the church in our own strength. We are building the church without his involvement. We don't consult him. We don't involve him. We just get up, look around. What is happening in this church? Ah, they are doing this. Okay, let me also copy it. We don't involve him. We don't ask him questions. When I was talking about prayer, waiting on God and all that, that is how to involve the Holy Spirit. So that he will speak to you. But we don't do that. We have abandoned the Holy Spirit. That is why we are struggling. The Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, Matthew 9.38, is the Lord of the harvest. He is in charge. He is the one that helps us to build a church. 
Without him, we are orphans. Many pastors are orphans in the, in the work that you are doing. There is no help. The Holy Spirit just, he has been waiting in your, in your sitting room for the past five years. For you to ask him, Holy Spirit, what must I do? If Jesus waited for the Holy Spirit, if Jesus instructed the apostles to wait for the Holy Spirit before they went, I want to submit to you that you also need to involve the Holy Spirit in this work. It is the Holy Spirit who brings supernatural growth. It is the Holy Spirit that makes the work possible. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do this work. Without His help, without His anointing, without His direction, without His empowerment, you cannot do this work. So we must be like Jesus. And we must be like the apostles. From today, when you go home, begin your relationship with the Lord of the harvest, the Holy Spirit. Dr. Cho, he's the pastor of the largest church in the world. He says that when his church got to 3,000, when the church got to 3,000, the church stagnated. The church wouldn't grow again. It wouldn't grow again. So he started praying to the Lord. Did you call me to make me a pastor of only 3,000? Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. And then one time, when they were in the church like this, praying, the whole church was praying. When they finished, he decided to continue to pray a little. And then, he slept and had a vision. In the vision, the Lord came to him and said, you have been asking me to grow the church. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. The Lord said, in the wilderness, when the children of Israel wanted meat to eat, and I sent quails to them, the Lord asked him, if they had gone on their own to pick the quails, how long will it have taken them for them to get enough? I understand the question. And Dr. Cho says, it will have taken a long time. And the Lord said, when I send the wind of my spirit to gather the quails, how long did it take? He said, it didn't take long at all. When the wind blew, it gathered thousands of quails. And the Lord told him, you have abandoned the wind. You have abandoned my spirit. All these years you have been forcing you have been working with strength. And the Lord told him, if you want me to grow your church, to send you multitudes, begin from today to involve the wind of my spirit. Immediately, immediately his eyes was open. Dr. Cho has written a book, The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. It's a good book for you to read. The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. That was the beginning of his life of the Holy Spirit. And that was the beginning of the explosion of the church. Because the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? So the point we are making this morning is that if you want to experience supernatural church growth, 
How many of you want to experience supernatural? You must involve the Lord of the harvest. And the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest of the souls. The person who can gather the souls is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. Yes. If you can understand this revelation and begin to walk with the Holy Spirit and involve Him, you experience supernatural church growth. You experience it. I tell you, the Bible says, by strength shall no man prevail. The church is built successfully not by your human activity. Hey. Not by your human activity. Look. I have seen times. I have seen times that on Sunday morning, I'm going to church and Saturdays, I didn't pray. Maybe I traveled. I came late. Something. I couldn't cry on God. I couldn't cry on God. I come to church and that day, the attendance far exceeds the times that I was praying. And God was showing me, it's not by your strength. It's not by your strength. Amen? It's not by your strength. It is by my grace, my spirit. But you see, we need to work with him. We need to work with him. The Bible says it is God that worketh in you. Both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. So God is at work in us. That is why we need to lean so much. Every pastor must lean so close to God and embrace the Holy Spirit. And embrace the Holy Spirit all the time. But many of us, we are very far from the Spirit of God. We are far. And we are walking in our own imagination. We are discussing with our friends what we must do in the church. But Jesus said, I'll build my church. Jesus is building his church through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so you see, that once the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in Acts chapter 2, their church started exploding. It started exploding. Up until that time, the church was 120. 120. They met as 120 for 10 days. For 10 days. Every day they go to church, 120. Every day they go to church in the upper room, 120. Every day they go to church, 120. But on the 10th day, which was the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was 50 days after Passover. When Jesus died, he continued to be on the face of the earth for 40 days. On the 40th day, he rose to heaven. 10 days later, 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, as they were in the upper room, the helper, the comforter, the Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest came and settled on them and settled on them and immediately they began to preach and they experienced supernatural church growth. From 120 
3,000 were added. 5,000 were added. Acts chapter 5 verse 14. Multitudes of disciples of both men and women. Multitudes. Supernatural church good. May you experience that in the name of Jesus. May that become your story in the name of Jesus. Can I have your largest amen? May you experience supernatural church growth. May the Holy Spirit bring supernatural church growth. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's ask and answer the question, how does the Holy Spirit orchestrate supernatural church growth? How does he do it? How does he do it? Number one. The Holy Spirit orchestrates supernatural growth, number one, by anointing us to preach. By anointing us to preach. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples and anointed them gave them all trust. He anointed them. Hallelujah. You cannot build a church without the anointing. Hello? You cannot build the church without the anointing. And if you want church growth, you need church growth anointing. Listen, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is specific. When I say specific, it means it does specific things. The evangelistic anointing is different from the teaching anointing. The teaching anointing is different from the prophetic anointing. The prophetic anointing is different from the apostolic anointing. Yes. And the prophetic anointing is different from the healing anointing. Even amongst evangelists, we have two types of evangelists. We have evangelists who just preach and souls are worn. And then we have healing evangelists. Healing evangelists are evangelists with the healing gift. So you see somebody like um, Billy Graham. He never prayed for the sick. He never prayed for the sick. But Ben Him always prays for the sick. That's a healing anointing. Operating right there. And when the anointing comes upon you, it does specific. Elijah performed 16 miracles. Elijah received double of that anointing and performed 32 miracles. Specific. Specific. The disciples received the anointing on Jesus. The anointing of Jesus was manifested in preaching, in teaching, and in working of miracles. Working of miracles. Raising the dead. Amen? When that anointing came upon the apostles, they also preached, they also taught, and they also worked miracles. Remember Peter in Acts chapter 9. They called him from Joppa. They said, one of our sisters is dead. Come and raise him up. When he got there, look at what he did. When he entered, he entered, he sacked everybody. He sacked everybody. He sacked everybody. Went in and raised up the sister. Just as Jesus sacked everybody and went in and raised up Jairus' daughter. The anointing is specific. 
So, if you want the anointing, if you want your church to grow, you need what is called church growth anointing. How many of you understand that? You don't need evangelistic anointing. You don't need prophetic anointing. You don't need teaching anointing. You need those ones to pastor the church. But in terms of growth, in terms of growth, you need an anointing called church growth anointing. Yeah. All pastors who have huge churches, they carry this anointing. Bishop Dad carries that anointing. Bishop Oedipo carries that anointing. Yeah. I was listening to him one day and he said, this year we are starting 2,000 more cells. His church building is the largest church building in the whole world. The church building is the largest church building in the whole world. Yeah. It sees 50,000 people. And they fill it three times on a Sunday. Now they cannot fit there. So he has moved to another part of the land. Right now, he's building a hundred thousand seater church auditorium. Yes. That is church good amount. I don't know why you are here. I don't know why you are here. I don't know why you are here. But if a little drop of that anointing can fall upon your life, your ministry will change forever. Receive the anointing for church growth in the name of Jesus. How many of you understand what we are talking about? I'm talking about supernatural church growth. Yeah. After this conference, you should be praying to God and say, Hey, please anoint me to grow. Anoint me to grow. Anoint me to grow. You are a good teacher. You are a good pastor. You are a good evangelist. That, that is a different type of anointing. Yeah. Do you understand it? And that church got anointing. As we have been here since last Wednesday, and talking about church growth, it is here. It is here. It is here. It is here. Yeah. I don't know what you are looking for. I don't know whether you are looking at my church and you are desiring this, my church. I, I don't know if this is what you are desiring. Listen, when you see an anointed man of God, you must know what you want. See the right things. See the right things. I say, see the right things. Lift up your hands and ask God to give you the anointing for church growth right now in the name of Jesus. Let it fall. Let it fall upon you. Let it fall upon you. Let it fall upon you. Pray and ask God for it right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the anointing for church growth. Receive the anointing for church growth. 
Receive the mighty word, church God. In the name of Jesus. Receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Hamandi say. Ikalabaha kalamateri. Zantikiri boho kabayanda. Alamaka batere moze. Shantaka batere. Makariandi riboho kabala. Receive that grace. Enter into supernatural growth. Enter into supernatural growth. Move from 20 to 100. Move from 100 to 300. Move from 300 to 600. Move from 500 to 1000. Receive it in the name of Jesus. My God. My God. In Acts chapter 9, the scripture that we read, verse 31, it says, And the Holy Spirit made the church to grow. Yeah. The Holy Spirit made the church to grow. Hallelujah. Look. If you want the church to grow, you need a church good amount. Peter and the rest, they were around. Yele, yele, could they do it? Their church was 120. 120. Without the church good amount for 10 days. And there were 12 pastors. There were 12 pastors. Their senior pastor was Reverend Dr. Prophet, Apostle, Bishop, Peter. He led them under his leadership. And all of them, they could grow the church to only 120. But when the Lord of the harvest, how many of you understand that? God is trying to show you something. God is trying to show you something. When the Lord of the harvest, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Matthew 9, 38. He is the Lord of the harvest. Jesus did not attempt to do ministry until the Holy Spirit came. You should see pastors sweating. Sweating. Moving around. It is good to evangelize. It is good to visit the ship. It is good to counsel them. It is good to pray for them. But all that must be done after you have spent time with the Lord of the harvest, even your visitation will be guided. Yeah. Even your visitation will be guided. So the first means by which the Holy Spirit orchestrates supernatural church good is by anointing us. These apostles, they became anointed. They became anointed. Number two, he gives us boldness to declare the gospel. Amen. He gives us boldness. I don't know why you are standing. He gives us boldness to declare the gospel. Hallelujah. 
Wow. Look at Acts chapter 2. From verse 11. Create and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. Quickly. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to the other, What minute this? Others mocking them said, These men are full of wine. Verse 14. Watch this. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and he started preaching. Peter started preaching. Peter. Peter. Do you remember Peter? Fifty days ago, a little girl. A little girl frightened him so much. <laughs> Peter. A little girl frightened him so much that he denied his Lord three times. But under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he received boldness. How many of you know that it takes boldness to preach? Eh? And this was not an ordinary crowd. Multitudes of people. Peter stood up and said, look, we are not drunk. What we are seeing here is what the prophet Joel talked about. We are not. He preached. And the people were cut in their hands. And they said, men and brethren, what must we do so that we shall be saved? And Peter said, repent and go away from this unto a generation. And in that day, 3,000 people were gathered into the church. So the Holy Spirit orchestrated church growth by giving us boldness. It is, it is the boldness of the Holy Spirit that will take you to the streets. That will let you walk around without being shy. Yeah. That will let you, you know, preach in places that other people are afraid. I have a daughter in the ministry. She's married now and gone to another place. That pastor is blessed. Look. She's anointed. She's not afraid of anybody. In a certain dangerous slum in Accra, we started cells there. And she was the main person there. I mean, we are talking about a place where prostitution is open. Not that somebody said, I went to see it. One Ghana city, two Ghana city, you are flying. A place where armed robbery is. A place where they are not afraid of police. They are not. This girl, young girl, will land in the place. Several times the brothers were threatened. Yeah. She will land in the place as a bulldozer. Sunday mornings she will mobilize about 150 people into Tata buses and bring them to church. Monday to Saturday she will spend her life there entering the rooms. Hey! Boldness. It comes by the Spirit of God. May you receive boldness to preach the gospel 
in the name of Jesus. May you receive supernatural boldness to preach the gospel in the name of Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 4, 7 to 8. Acts chapter 4, 7 to 8. You remember when Peter and John healed the man at the gate beautiful? That they accosted them. Eh? And when they accepted them in the midst, they, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Verse 8. Then Peter, my God. Watch that. Then Peter, not filled with apatashi. Not filled with, with aerial voice power. No. no not, not supported by the military or the police. No. But Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. And he began to speak. If we as... If if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus, we want you to know that it is by the name of Jesus Christ. Now, remember that, that a short while ago they, have, they have executed this. The name Jesus Christ was a personal non grata. But here was Peter. He said, What did we did? It is by the name of Jesus Christ. That is boldness. That is boldness. Look, you need boldness to preach the gospel. You need boldness to be a pastor. Hallelujah. You need boldness to be in the ministry because Satan will frighten you. Satan will frighten you. Hallelujah. The Bible calls Satan a roaring lion. So you come to your ministry, to your church, to your life, and roar. But let me tell you something. When you roar, don't run away. Because you, your father is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. And listen to me. If your father is a the lion, then who are you? And Satan is not a lion. He's like so when you roast, you are the real lion. You must roll back to him. The Bible said that when the enemy shall come unto you, when he shall come unto you, like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. May the Spirit of God raise up a standard against the enemies of your ministry. In the name of the Lord Jesus, lift up your voice and give Jesus a shout. Yeah. Hey, there's fear in the ministry. Yes. But from today, you must know who you are. Your father is a lion. So who are you? If your father is a dog, and you are a child, you are a dog. If your father is a sheep, you are a sheep. If your father is an ant, you are an ant. If your father is a lion, you cannot be a sheep, you cannot be a goat, you are a lion. Boldness. 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 Go back. Go back to the scripture. Boldness. Wow. 
Look at verse 13. Now, when they saw what? When they saw what? When they saw what? Now, how can you see boldness? You can see boldness by the actions. Yeah. When a witch says that they will destroy your ministry, you should tell that witch that you should come and apologize. Because the word of your father says that suffer not a witch to live. So you should come and apologize and say, I beg you. I beg you. You must know who you are. The late Archbishop Idahosa, I heard a story. He needed a piece of land for church property. And he really spoke to the owners and they said no. And one time, I hear that the owner said, for me to give you this land, it will be over my dead body. When he said that, the archbishop turned and said, so be it, and left. The following day, the man was dead. Uh, you don't know who you are. My little children, you have overcome. My little children, you have overcome. Not because your father is in the government. Not because your friend is a minister. But you have overcome because greater is he. Greater. Greater is he. Greater is he who is in you than the devil. Who is in the well? You should know who you are. Yeah. You should know who you are. I heard a story of uh, this pastor who wrote a lot on demonology. What is his name? Derek Prince. I heard a story. Sit down. The one time he was in his house upstairs. In the middle of the night, he heard some commotion at a certain hall. As if somebody was moving something, noise. So he climbed down to come and see. As he was climbing, there he saw a big demon. Satan himself had appeared in his sitting room. When the prince saw him, he turned back. He said, I didn't know that it was you. So he started going. Then suddenly, he said, get out. As the spirit was going, he turned and said, rearrange the chairs before you go. Put my chairs back. Put my chairs back. Greater is he. Greater. Greater is he who is in you. Satan can frighten you. Satan can frighten you. I said Satan can frighten you. In the ministry. But I tell you. The Lord is on your side. For the Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies, even my foes. Came to try to eat of my flesh. They stumbled. And they fell. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Where you are. Where you are. Eh? 
One time, one of our young missionaries, he had finished preaching, was going home. A snake came from somewhere and just beat him. Look, Satan wants to attack you and destroy you. And cause you to run away from that village where you are. Some of you, I'm sure you have seen things. But remember who you are. That's the only thing. Remember who you are. That's all. So boldness. When they saw, when they saw the boldness of Peter, look at it. Quickly, 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 quickly. And John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. May people marvel at you. Sit down. Hallelujah. Huh? Wow. How many of you are here? So boldness. Boldness. Without boldness, you run away before you see the church growth. A lot of things will frighten you. How many of you are understanding supernatural church growth? So I am talking about we are answering the question, how does the Holy Spirit help us to achieve supernatural good? Number one, He anoints us. Number two, He gives us boldness. Number three, He guides the people for us. The Holy Spirit is the gatherer of the people into the church. He guides the people for you to preach to. Pastors, listen. Pastors, listen. It is the Holy Spirit that guides the people. Understand it. It is the Holy Spirit that guides the people. Yes. Hello? In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit descended, eh, the people were in the town. They were in Jerusalem. They were in the town. And under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they got it. They got it. They got it. It was after they have got it that Peter preached to them. So, your members in your church is the Holy Spirit that will bring them. Now, everybody look at this side. Everybody, look at this side. Look at this side. Have you seen this side? This is your church. It is filled up to here. This side is not filled. How is it going to be filled? The Holy Spirit is the person who is going to gather the people in your town, in your village, in your city, and bring them to the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. How does he do it? There are three ways that the Holy Spirit gathers people. Number one, he gathers them by sending his wind to blow them. <laughs> In the realm of the spirit, the spirit sends his wind to blow. Do you know that wind gathers? That's wind gather. Eh? Look, no, if there's a strong wind somewhere in Tamale, it can gather all the dust, all the leaves to this place. How many of you know that? Look at Numbers chapter 11, verse 31. 
Hey, after, after the conference, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to blow people into the church. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 31. And then went forth and went from the Lord and brought quails from the sea. Watch. Pastors, watch. The children of Israel were in the desert. They were in the desert. They were not near the sea. You don't understand it. You don't understand it. Look. And I think that the wind is going to blow. That is going to blow in the north. Receive that wind now in the name of Jesus. Because you see, because you see, there is no sea near the north. There is no sea here. They were right in the middle of the desert. And they craved for meat to eat. God sent the wind. That wind that he sent was the Holy Spirit. He sent the wind. It was that same wind that, depart, that uh, split the rest into two. Holy Spirit is a very one window. Huh? He sent the wind and then went, and then went forth and went from the Lord and brought forth quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp as it were a day's journey on this side and as it were a day's journey on the other side, ran about the camp as it were two cubits high upon the face of the earth. Can you imagine? Look at that, oh. Look at that. Go back, go back, go back, go back. Go back. And as it were a day's journey, let's take that day's desert where the people of Israel. He brought quails. So from here to a day's journey were quails. Can you imagine? Can you imagine walking from here to Bupe? Can you use one day to get to Bupe? If you are walking, how long will you take? Eh? Two days. Where can you reach if you are walking one day from here? Where? Vuto? Yape? Yape? Can you imagine that when you step outside from here to Yape, you are stepping on quails? Quails. What type of wind is that? I'm talking about supernatural church growth. God can blow people. That same wind is the wind that blew the people into the early, early church. That gathered 3,000. That gathered 5,000. That gathered multitudes. It was not just the, the ability of the disciples. Something was orchestrating the supernatural growth. And the good news is that that same person is on earth today. And he's in your church. And he's with you. And Jesus said he abides with you forever. Your problem is that you are putting him aside. And you are building your church. <laughs> yeah. That is one way of the Holy Spirit gathering. Gathering the people. Number two. He gathers people by hasten to them or making noise to them speaking to them in the realm of the, of the spirit speaking to their hearts talking to them come go to church go to church go to church go to church look at Acts chapter 2 verse 6 
Acts chapter 2 verse 6. Or let's even pick it from verse 1 so you can see the context well. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And they came, and they came, what? 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 A sound. A sound from heaven as of a might, of a rushing mighty wind. So the Holy Spirit coming to the earth, it was not with quietness. There was a mighty sound, like the sound of, of a mighty wind, like hurricane. Like hurricane. A sound. Amen? And it fell on the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire, and it, sat, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, watch this. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Watch this, pastors. The revelation is right there. When the Holy Spirit was falling at the same time, there were multitudes of people scattered in Jerusalem. Remember that the apostles were in the upper room somewhere. Do you understand that? Let's say that we are here. The Holy Spirit is falling here. Mighty wind. Mighty sound. But in Tamale, there are people scattered everywhere. Verse 6. Verse 6. Now, when this was noise abroad, what was noise abroad? Something was noise abroad. What was it? The sound of the mighty rushing wind was heard all over. The Holy Spirit created a mighty sound that could be heard all over the city. What was the effect of that? Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together. The multitude came together. In other words, they got it. The Holy Spirit gathers people by sending a noise, speaking into their ears. You see, that's why you should pray. That is why on Saturday morning, you should spend time and say, Lord Holy Spirit, please gather the people. Gather the people. Gather the people. Recently, I've sent some people to go and start some churches. And they were not praying. So when they started, first week, second week, when they asked them, how is the place? Nobody's come. Two people, three. But the people, when we go, they don't come. So I, I said, okay. I want people to begin to pray. I have instituted two corporate prayer times for them. Tuesday night. And then Saturdays. I said, all of you should meet somewhere. And pray together for a long time. Pray for the service. The first week when they did it, Sunday they came. Ask them, how was it? Everybody was smiling. Everybody was smiling. One guy said, we normally go to clean the place. When we went on Sunday, somebody, one of the church members has come to set up the place for us. They said, it was so easy. It was so easy. Because the people gathered. It is the Holy Spirit that gathers the people. Hear, hear it very well, Pastor. It's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fell, he gathered. Listen. 
And not a few. The Bible said the multitudes gathered. Is it not church growth that you want? Huh? Who is going to bring you those multitudes? It's the Holy Spirit that is going to gather them. Uh, may the wind come to your church. May the wind enter your church. May the wind begin to operate in your church. May the wind begin to be active in your church. In the name of Jesus. He gathered them. The multitudes came together and were confounded. These were the multitudes who began to say, these people are drunk. And then Peter rose up to preach to them. So, how does the Holy Spirit gather people? He does that by sending his wind. Amen. Number two, he does that by hissing, sending a noise unto them. As we are sitting here. And Isaiah chapter 5 verse 26. Look at it. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 26. Explains to us the same phenomenon. Hallelujah. And he will lift up an ensign to the nations from afar. From afar. To the nations from afar. And will hiss unto them from the end of the earth. God says that I will stand and I will hiss to the people. <whistles> to the nations from afar. And what is the result of that? And behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. They shall come with speed swiftly. The Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to sinners, to the backsliders, to the, your church members. He is the one who causes them to come to the church. The gathering of the people is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that causes supernatural church growth. How many of you are here? Can you understand that? Eh? He said, I'll hiss. And, and I like it. He said, they'll come with speed. Speed alone is what? And then you have added swiftly. Oh, may it happen in your church. It means, and you see, and you see, this scripture, I've seen it in Dr. Cho's church. Hey! Church that is filled with speed swiftly. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, when I go to places, I go to Leno. In 2009, that was my second time in Korea. That in 2009, I sat through all the seven services. The last two are in Korea, in Korean language. I nearly died. From 6.30 to 9 p.m., I was so exhausted, but I wanted to see everything. I wanted to see everything. Look, when one service closes, it takes a long time for the people to go out. When you go out, there are multitudes that are waiting. And then the signal is given. Now you can come in. That is where you see the scripture. Speed swiftly. Hey. And Dr. Cho always talks about prayer. He's always talking about the Holy Spirit. He's always talking about the Holy Spirit. He's always talking about the Holy Spirit. He's always talking about the work of the Spirit. The person who has succeeded him now. Because in 2008, he retired as an active pastor. Dr. Nyonghi, 
is a new pastor now. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. In 2008, when Dr. Cho retired, he appointed a new pastor. And he said that the church was too big for him. So he gave to his successor 400,000 members. And the rest of the 400,000, he divided them amongst 20 other pastors. He gave everybody 20,000, 20,000, 20,000, 20,000. This was in 2008. Seven years later, when we went to Korea last year, October, the new pastor has added over 100,000 to the 400,000 that he was given. Look, receive 5,000 of them. Receive 5,000 of them. Receive 5,000 of them in the name of Jesus. I tell you, church growth. When I say church growth, you say it is possible. Church growth. Church growth. I can't hear you. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. It is possible. It is possible. Clap your hands for the Lord. Church growth is difficult, but it is possible. It is difficult. Sometimes I say, Lord, what are you doing with us? Eh? I mean, there are times that no matter what you do, nothing works. But church growth, it is possible. If others have experienced it under the influence of the Lord of the harvest, if you cooperate with him, if you involve him, you also experience it. May he cause the people to gather speedily, swiftly into your church. In the name of Jesus. Speed swiftly. I will haste to the people and they will come. They will come. They will come. Look at that. And behold, they shall come, they shall come with speed swiftly. In our church, I was telling you yesterday, please sit down, that we use a lot of buses. I know some of the people, when the bus comes to pick them, they have not even bathed. They have not even brushed their teeth. They waste time. So sometimes, the service that we, are, we have shared for 6.30, by 7 o'clock, there are just a few people there. Just a few people. But there is an amazing sight. Around about 7.15, when the buses begin to land, eh? suddenly, suddenly, the church just, it just fills up. That is speed swiftly. Receive speed swiftly. Hey! You must call your church we gather speed swiftly. Amen. We gather. Amen. We gather. Speed swiftly. So the Holy Spirit, He sends His wind. But not only does He send His wind, He also speaks to people. He hisses to them. And another, the third way, the Holy Spirit gathers people is by causing angels to gather people for you. 
Come with me to Matthew chapter 13. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus spoke about the parable of the wheat and tares. Do you remember? In verse 30, look at verse 30. He was giving the interpretation of the parable. Verse 30. Let both grow together. Do you remember the Bible said that a certain man planted wheat in his land. Eh? And then when he went to sleep, an enemy came and planted tares. And the people said, should we clear all of them? Should we clear all of them? Verse 30. Look at verse 30. Look at verse 30. Let both grow together unto the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Verse 38. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Jesus was explaining the parable. How many of you understand? But the tares are the children of the wicked one. Verse 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. And the reapers are the angels. So angels, angels, can be sent by the Holy Spirit to gather people. Do you know that all through a Bible history, angels have helped man? Yes. Yeah. And angels. Eh? An angel came and instructed Colinius to go and look for Peter. Yeah? So, angels can be sent to gather the people, gather sinners, Gather the backsliders. A backslider who doesn't want to come to church. An angel will go to in the midst of the night and just give him a knock. Boom! Jot him up. <laughs> yes. Listen. Angels are our helpers. They help us to minister. Always pray to God for angels. Tell God, send the angels to gather them. Send the angels to gather them. Send the angels to gather them. So this is how the Holy Spirit gathers people into the church. Number one, by sending his wind, by hissing, talking to them, by sending angels. Hallelujah. I am talking about how the Holy Spirit orchestrates supernatural church growth. Not only that, when he gathers the people, he now touches their heart to hear the gospel and brings repentance and conviction to them. <laughs> yes. Do you know that without conviction, when the people go, they will come back. Without conviction, when you preach to sinners, they will not even listen to the gospel that you are preaching. But Jesus said in John 16, 7, 
He said, it is expedient for you that I go. For if I do not go, the comforter will not come. But when I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, verse 8, he will convict the world of sin, of judgment, of righteousness. When the Holy Spirit comes, he is the one. Listen to me, Pastor. It is the Holy Spirit that brings conviction to sinners. When you preach, it is the Holy Spirit that touches the heart of people to respond to the word that you are preaching. So, is it not amazing? Look at what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's anointing you to preach. He's giving you boldness to stay in the ministry. He's gathering the people for you. And then when he gathers the people, he is bringing conviction for them to hear the word that you are preaching. For them to change. Wow. All this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And you see it in the ministry of Paul. When they went to Macedonia, look at Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let's pick up from about verse 10. And after you have seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from trials, we came from a straight course to Samatracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman which resorted thither. We sat down and we preached to the woman who came to the riverside to come and fetch water. We preached to them. We preached to them. Verse 14. Watch it. Watch verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Titaria, which worshipped God, heard us. Heard us. What does it mean by heard us? What does it mean by heard us? Heard the word from us. Heard the word. Lydia heard the word. Whose heart the Lord opened. That she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. As Paul was preaching to her. The Lord. Who is this Lord? The Holy Spirit. Opened her heart. For her to accept the things that Paul was preaching. And she repented. And she repented. In verse 40, he invited them to, to her house. Do you understand it? So, the Holy Spirit is helping you in many ways. In many ways. Another, another, another area by which the Holy Spirit is helping us to build a mega church is that he's showing us where we should go and preach. He's showing us. He's sending us to the mission fields. Look, you should, in your town, recently, one of our, our young missionaries sent me a test. He said, Bishop, is it, what, what had happened was that he had gone to take over an old mission. That, that old mission had been deserted by an earlier missionary. And he had gone to take over. And because of what the earlier missionary did by deserting the people, the people have lost confidence in the church. So try us he has been doing, they said, 
we don't believe you. You are not going to say in this time. So he told me that people don't come to church. And I asked the bishop, what should I do? Then I told him, decide to build a new church. Go to another part of the town and begin to reach out to them. Then he said, I am very surprised by what you have said. Because just yesterday, that idea came into my mind. You see, the Holy Spirit is guiding him on the mission field. It's guiding him. Because the Holy Spirit is working with us, doing the work with us. He's, 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 that's why Jesus told the disciples, don't go anywhere. He must come and walk with you. Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. And they went everywhere witnessing the Lord working with them. The Lord working with them. And confirming their word with signs and wonders. The Lord working with them. Which Lord is this? Jesus had gone to heaven. So which Lord is this? The Holy Spirit. Pastor, this must be your work. You are walking by his feet. And he is with you and he is guiding you. It's not as if that the two are walking apart. You are a little behind. And he's guiding you. He's guiding. he's guiding you. And you are supposed to follow him. You're supposed to follow him. So, in your town, maybe you have tried evangelism, you have tried certain programs, you know, it has not yielded fruit. Ask the Holy Spirit, what else should I do? He will guide you. He will guide you onto the mission field. Do you remember Acts chapter 16? After Paul and his friends have been preaching, look at it from verse 6. They wanted to go to Phrygia and some other places. Acts chapter 6, thank you. Now when they have gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach in the world in Asia, they were forbidden. He stopped them. He stopped them. Hey, but I thought we could preach anywhere. Yes, but let him guide you. He has fruitful lands for you. Yes. He has, no. You should ask the Holy Spirit, what must I do in this church to be fruitful? Many years ago, Bishop Dark says, he used to pray to God and say, Lord, what must I do to be fruitful? You say I should be fruitful. But what must I do to be fruitful? He said, as he prayed that prayer, one time he was sitting in his office and he had a vision. And in the vision he saw a hand with a book. And the Lord was saying, the books. Write the books. It was from that time that he started writing. Today, he's printed over 10 million books. In how many languages? Many languages. Russian, French, Indian language, Spanish, Chinese, Korean. Many, 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 many. And through the books, he's invited everywhere. To the books. Pastors read the books. Say, Please come and, come and teach us about the books. Come and talk to us about ministry. His fruitfulness has come about through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Listen, listen carefully. You, you have to ask the Holy Spirit, what must I do? Don't, don't, I spoke about stereotyping. Don't do the same thing over
over and over and over, if it is not working, it is time for you to change. And the Holy Spirit will give you a direction. Remember when I was speaking to you? We started a church in uh, Kualagono. 250 people. And it was going down, 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 down. And the Lord said, I told you to do sales. I told you to do sales. And you have not done it. I told you to do sales. And I said, Lord, we will do it. It was when we started doing sales in two, April 2009 that the church exploded. He led us to the mission field. May he guide you. May he guide you. And when he tells you, obey. He told them, don't go to Asia. Continue. After they were come to Messiah, they tried to go into Bethania, but the Spirit suffered them not. The Spirit suffered them not. Can't you see that these people were working with the Holy Spirit? How many of you can see that? Eh? Eh? They were working with the Holy Spirit. They were working with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! Verse 9. And they... And verse 9, and, and a vision appeared unto Paul in the night. Then stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over unto Macedonia and help. In the night, God gave Paul a vision. And that was the direction to the mission field. When they woke up, they said, The Lord has led us. And they went to Macedonia. That is the place that when they went, they started to preaching around the river. Lydia gave her life to Christ. And listen to this. Watch this. Watch this. What was God trying to do? Macedonia is current day Greece. Greece. Phrygia, Trans, and all these places were in Asia. So God was trying, after they had preached in Asia, He was trying to now bring the gospel from Asia to Europe. The Holy Spirit was now trying to Push them out of Asia for them to bring the gospel to Europe. And they were resisting. What would have happened to Christianity if Europeans have not gotten hold of the gospel? Those of us in the north here. Those of us in the north here. Is it not the Baptist missionaries? Is it not the Assemblies of God missionaries? Is it not the Catholic Church? Through whom we are all here. If you go to some places of of this region, Upper West region, is infiltrated of the Catholic Church. Is that not the case? Eh? And large part of Upper East. Yeah. So when the Holy Spirit was forbidding them to preach in Asia, he had a plan. Don't resist the direction of the Holy Spirit. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your ministry. There is something that he wants to guide you into so that you become very fruitful. How does the Holy Spirit orchestrate supernatural growth? He anoints us. He gives us boldness to preach. He gathers the people for us to preach to. He fills our church with the people. Then when the people gather, He will bring conviction to their hearts. Not only that, He guides us to where we should go and preach. What programs we must have. What we should do. What book we should read. Which conference we must attend. What Yesterday, a senior pastor was telling me how this year, when he was preaching, when he was praying to the Lord, the Lord asked him to do certain particular things. Yeah. He will guide you. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Another thing that the Holy Spirit 
does to bring supernatural growth is that he uses you, he empowers you to work miracles, signs, and wonders. And through the miracles, signs, and wonders, faith arises in the hearts of unbelievers and they are drawn into the kingdom. Now, one of the books that you must get before you live here is Amplify Your Ministry, Amplify Your Ministry with Miracles and Manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Amplify your ministry with miracles and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Pastors, listen to me. Pastors, listen to me. Listen. Your ministry must resemble the ministry of Jesus Christ. If your ministry doesn't resemble the ministry of Jesus Christ, it will be limited. It will be limited. The reason why people follow Jesus was because his teaching was powerful. His preaching, they have never heard it before. And then, because of the miracles. Because of the miracles. Many pastors have limited their ministry to only preaching and teaching. So your ministry doesn't resemble the ministry of Jesus Christ. The full ministry of Jesus. Jesus flowed in all the gates. He was an apostle. He was a prophet. He was a pastor. He was a teacher. He was a miracle worker. So listen, pastors, move into power ministry. Look, don't complain that your members are leaving you to go to prophetic churches and going to, you know, don't complain. The same Holy Ghost that is using them is with you. Did Jesus say? Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. How many believers are here? How many believers are here? Yeah. Yeah. Move also into the power ministry. Age. Yeah. And you can catch that anointing. Any anointing that you want, you can catch it. You only have to follow it. So if you want power ministry, Find a power minister and follow the person. Follow his ministry. Follow his ministry. Through miracles, your church will be full. One miracle like this. One, one tangible miracle. Eh? Your church will be full. Pray for the sick. But you see, you don't want to be embarrassed. Because Satan tells you, what about if nobody gets healed? Well, I have an answer for Satan. I didn't say I can heal anybody. Every time I am praying for the sick, either in the church or on the crusade platform, Reverend Ezekiel, I hear one voice. Satan tells me, today, today, today you will see embarrassment. The other time, it happened. But for today, you will see embarrassment. I remember some years back, I had a, a big crusade and I prayed for the, for the sick and the Lord did so many wonderful things, healed so many people. My Bible students were involved, so after that, we were discussing the crusade and one of them said, Bishop, honestly, when you finished preaching, you did the altar call and you said, and now, 
I'm going to pray for the sick. And miracles are going to happen practically now. I said to my heart, Bishop, let us go home. Don't spoil the crusade. Let us go home. Now he was telling me. He said, I was so afraid. Because you said, miracles are going to happen practically now. <laughs> you see, that is why pastors don't pray for the sick. Yeah. But there is no pastor on earth that can work miracles. The miracles are done by the Holy Ghost that is in your life. All that you are is a vessel. These signs shall follow them that believe. Pray for the sick. Lay your hands on, on your people from time to time. Prophesy into their lives. Don't wait until an angel appears to you that you are a prophet. To prophesy means to speak under divine inspiration. Yes. Declare things. Tell your people you will get married in the name of Jesus. Tell your people God will bless you in the name of Jesus. Declare things. Declare. There's a book. I don't know whether it is here. It's called Name It. Huh? Is it here? Yes. This is a good book for you to get. Name it, claim it, and take it. It's a book on faith that Bishop Dad has written. And there are so many confessions. Confessions for securing breakthrough. Confessions for attaining wisdom. Confessions for mastering your marriage situation. Confessions for eradicating marital problems. Confessions from entering, for entering marriage. Confessions from breaking family curses and bondage. Confessions for overpowering wicked and unreasonable people. So many confessions. Hold it in your church at the end of the service and tell them, say these confessions after me. And to begin to break in the church, your church members will become say, Pastor, do you remember the other time you prayed for me when I was going for the interview, when I went, they accepted me. You see, they will stay in the church. They will stay in the church. They will begin to see that, look, there's no need for me to go anywhere. I have an anointed man of God in the, in the house. Amen. The church grows. Oh. I have too many things in my heart to tell you. I have too many things. I understand that scripture, man of God, when Jesus said, I have so many things to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. Yeah. Man of God, in John chapter 6, Jesus fed the 5,000. That same story in Matthew 14. When he left, he sat in a boat and went to the other side of the lake. And the Bible said that the people also sat in boat and they followed him. Wow. And they followed him. And when they said the song, they said, Rabbi. And Jesus said something. He said, you have come. Not because of me. But because of the miracle of the bread. Let me ask you a question. Jesus did not have any instruments in the desert. You say that the reason why people don't come to your church is because of where you meet. You don't have equipment. You don't have choruses. Your church is very far. Let me ask you a question. Where was Jesus' cathedral? Who were his instrumentalists? 
Which buses did he have? But wherever the man went, the multitudes followed him. Why? There was something. There was something upon him. Oh, may something begin to work in your life. May the power of God begin to work in your life. Shout Amen. Get these two books. Get them. Get them. Get them. Invest in your ministry. I tell you, begin to have miracles and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I pray for my people for miracles. I have a program called Jesus Encounter Healing Miracle Service. I stand in my church and I say today there are going to be miracles. We have seen so many things. I was praying for the sick in my church. There was a lady there. My dear sister. Her stomach was big. Not because she was pregnant. Eight month size fibroid. A real human being. She was standing there. Right in the midst of the prayer, she looked at her stomach like that. The stomach was flat. Yeah. One time there was a young lady around 20 years. She had breast lump. Scheduled for surgery at Kolebu. I didn't know. When you are praying for the sick, you don't know who is there. Right there, the lamp disappeared. The following night, the mother came to me with a folder to show me. He said, Bishop, it's not a small thing. This is it. We have been scheduled for surgery. I've seen so many things. So many things. I want my ministry to resemble the ministry of Jesus. He thought, I want to teach. He said, since the last three days, I've been teaching. 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 Preaching. He preached, I want to preach. He prayed for the sick, I want to pray for the sick. Hey! It will help your church to grow. One which dares to fly over your church and falls down. She will bring all the family members. Bishop Oyedepo. When he started his church in northern Nigeria, one time the witches and the juju men took a decision to destroy the churches in the town. They moved round churches and destroyed churches. When they came to his church, they realized that there was a thick wall of thorns, thick wall of thorns surrounding the church, so they couldn't enter. In the realm of the spirit. So they said, let's go for the man of God. When they got to his house, they couldn't locate him. They found him high up in the sky. High up in the sky. They couldn't touch him. The leader of those people repented, gave his life to Christ and joined the church. The apostles 
opposition. But through the opposition, the glory of God was manifested. Look at Acts chapter 13 and from verse 6. Acts chapter 13 and from verse 6. Acts chapter 13 and verse 6. Quickly. And when they had got, remember that Acts chapter 13 is when the Holy Spirit sent Paul and uh, Barnabas on the first missionary journey. Do you remember? Verse 6. And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, Jujuman, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. When they came to Tamale, the regional minister called for Paul and Barnabas to hear the word of God. But his friend was a Juju man. And you know, when a Juju man gets a big man that he can be getting money, he doesn't want to lose his influence. So when Sergius Paulus called for Paul and Barnabas, look at what happened. But Elimas the sorcerer, so for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them. In other words, he resisted them. Seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. He said, I will not allow you guys to minister to him. I won't. He will stood them. Listen, there are witches, there are demons, there are evil spirits that are withstanding, standing against your ministry and your progress. Yeah. One of the things that we must do as pastors is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. There are demons, witches, juju men, principalities that have guarded against your church. Scattering your sheep, causing hurts and offenses, causing backsliding. Your people are becoming pregnant. They are getting angry. I mean, your, your member that you have not done anything bad to the person. He just got up one day and said, I'm angry, I'm going. It's all under the influence of evil spirits. So we need to bind them. We need to perpetually... Pastors, you must have intercessors to pray for you. And one of the things that they must do, they must bind the evil spirits that are disturbing you. In fact, some of them want to kill you. They want to kill you. They are standing against... They are, they are resisting you, the growth of your church. The progress of your ministry. Some of them have infiltrated the church as beautiful girls to tempt you through sexual sin and kill your ministry. I don't know whether you are here. I said, I don't know whether you are here. Anybody say no? Over my dead body. You are not preaching to this man. <laughs> Verse 9. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. Watch. I'm talking to you about super, supernatural church growth. Church growth that is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Watch that always the Holy Spirit is. Peter's boldness. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. God is giving you a revelation at this conference. Go back to the Holy Spirit. Go back to the Holy Spirit. 
Go back to the Holy Spirit. Go back. Let him be your senior partner. Let him be your friend. Speak to him all the time. Hallelujah. Then Saul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, would thou not seek to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. And thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Now watch. Watch. The Holy Spirit worked a miracle. Why? Because I'm saying that one of the ways that the Holy Spirit orchestrates church good is by working miracles through you. So that the faith of people would increase. Oh yeah. What was the effect on the man? Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, when he saw that his friend, this powerful man, had become blind, instantly believed. 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 Being astonished at the doctrine of the law. There are many people. Don't witness to them. Intercede for them in the realm of the spirit that they will see something. Intercede for them that in the realm of the spirit they will see something. They will come looking for you. They will come looking for you. They will come looking for you. Supernatural church growth. Supernatural church growth. Supernatural church growth. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. Jesus was helped in the ministry by the Holy Spirit. The apostles were helped in the ministry by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, God is telling you, it's my spirit that can help you. How will he help you? He will anoint you. He will give you boldness. He will gather the people for you. He will anoint your preaching. He will bring conviction to the people. He will use you to work signs and wonders. He will send the wind to blow the people into the church. Hallelujah. Amen. As I close, as I close, how can you benefit from the influence of the Spirit? How can you benefit from the influence of the Spirit? Because this Holy Spirit that I'm talking about, it's not as if he's not in your life. He's in your life. Only that you are not benefiting from him. And the reason why you are not benefiting from him is something. And I'll just speak on that for five minutes. And then we'll get home. How many of you are blessed? What can we do without the Holy Spirit? Eh? Get this message. Soak it in. Listen to it over and over. The messages that have been preached here, God has brought them to inspire church growth in your church. You have heard too many things. How many of you realize that you have heard too many things within these three days? Sit down. 
Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Now watch. I'm showing you this Holy Spirit how you can benefit from Him. The way to benefit from the Holy Spirit is to have communion of the Holy Spirit. To have communion. The communion of the Holy Spirit. That word comes from the Greek word koinonia. It has many meanings. Koinonia means fellowship. Koinonia means communication. It means sharing. It means presence. It means friendship. So the, the, the scripture is saying that you need to engage with the Holy Spirit. Come, Pastor Chris. City. This is the Holy Spirit in your life and ministry. He is here to help you in all the ways that I spoke to you about. But for most of us, ever since we welcome him into our lives, we have left him at our sitting hall and we are on our own. The key to benefit from him, to bring you his influence, his power, his anointing, the growth that you desire, is by having communion with him. Having communion. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, when we are dealing with the Lord Jesus Christ, we deal by grace. When we are dealing with the God, the fire, the Father, God is love. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, communion. 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 Which means fellowship. Which means presence. Which means friendship. But there is one aspect that I want to share with you briefly. It means partnership. 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 In the work of the ministry, you must have active partnership with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your partner. Give me a chair. It's your partner. Thank you. He's your partner. So, you are doing the kingdom business with him as partners. What do partners do? They sit down and then they talk and they discuss the business. Where are we supposed to go? What should we do? What will give us more profit? What aspect of the business shouldn't we get involved in now? Where should we concentrate? That's what partners do. And partners go together. They go together. The Holy Spirit is your partner. That is one of the meanings of communion. And if he is the partner, he is the bigger partner. In all companies, we have the senior partner and the junior partner. So in this partnership, he is the boss. And you are the junior. And as the junior, you listen to him. You go to him. You consult him. When you take a decision on your own and you go and he disagrees, because he is the senior partner, you allow him. How many of you understand that? You see this partnership playing along in the scriptures. Amen. Let me give you three scriptures. Mark 16.20. Write it down. Mark 16.20. Acts chapter 13. 1 to 4. 
Acts chapter 6. 6 to 9. In all these scriptures, you find the partnership of the disciples with the Holy Ghost. Listen. This is the result of your of your struggles in ministry. If you can understand this, everything is going to change. Look. He knows everything about the church. He understands everything. He knows all the secrets. So you have to hold him tight. He said, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. John 16, 18. He said, the spirit will be with you forever. But do you know what we have done? What we have done is John 15 and verse 4. Look at it. Put it up there. This is what we have done. John chapter 15. Many of us, we have fulfilled this scripture. Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abided in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. You have to hold him tight. You have to hold the Holy Spirit tight. We have to be close to him. We have to abide. We abide in Christ through his spirit. That is why you are not fruitful. Because what has happened in verse 4? The result is verse 6. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. As a branch, and is weeded. So your ministry is down. It's weeded. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Your ministry is supposed to flourish, but it's weeded because you have abandoned him. You have put him aside. You have to hold him. You have to hold him. You have to hold the Holy Spirit. You have to partner with him. In every decision, in every movement, you have to ask him, What must I do? That is why every every week, let me give you prayer tips. Every day, as a pastor, you have to pray a lot. Minimum three hours. I beg you. Minimum three hours. Every week, have a day that you don't go anywhere. From morning to the following morning, lock yourself in your door, in your room, and pray. Be in the presence of the Lord. Don't go anywhere. Just be there. Spend time with Him. Spend time with Him. You see, when you are there, when you are there, He'll be talking to you. He'll be giving you ideas. He'll say, do this. He'll give you dreams and visions. Sometimes in the presence of the Lord, you feel tired and you sleep. Age. One of the things that I like is when I've been in the presence of the Lord for a long time. Six hours, seven hours, five hours. And I'm feeling sleepy. Oh, I'm so happy. Because when I sleep for one hour, He'll show me something. He'll show me something. He'll open your eyes. He wants to talk to you. But we are too busy. So once a week, once a week, Take one of the days. Be in his presence. If you are in your own house, 
create a study. You enter your study. Nobody comes. There are times I enter my study and I give instruction to my wife. My house helped me. I said, nobody calls me. Nobody. I'm there. Every month, either the end of the month or the beginning of the month, go on personal retreat. Two days. Three days. Take messages. Take your Bible. Take books. Go and hide somewhere. Be with him. Be with him. Be with him. Be with him. He will talk to you. One instruction from the Holy Spirit will turn your church around. One instruction. A man of God's church was not working. A prophet entered the church. God opened his eyes. And saw an animal like a monkey in the church. Cast it down and commanded it out of the church. The church began to work. Hey! Spend time with him. Partner with him. Mark 16, 20. The Lord worked with them. The Lord working with them. That's partnership. As 13, as they were ministering unto the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas. He spoke them clearly for the work whereunto I have called them. That's partnership. And when they were going, like I just showed you, as, as him, they wanted to go to Phrygia. I said, No, 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 bad idea. Messiah, bad idea. Why should we go? Go to Macedonia. Partnership. Partnership. Philip was having a powerful crusade and revival in Samaria. People were being healed, saved. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes and says, Philip, go to the desert. Go to the desert. Partnership. He goes to the desert, finds a man on a chariot, and the Spirit said, go and read it. The Spirit said, go near. Go near. Go near. And he finds a soul that was seeking for God. Witnesses to him. That is how come Christianity appeared in Ethiopia. Are you here on God? Koinonia, partnership. Have partnership with the Spirit. Have partnership with the Spirit. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will work with you. That is the reason why Jesus sent him. To be a comforter, a helper, assistant. Somebody who will help you to do the work. As you go from this conference... And as you partner with the Holy Spirit, may you begin to experience supernatural church growth. Stand to your feet. May you begin to experience supernatural church growth. Stand to your feet. Lift up your hands. And begin to pray. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Come on, lift up your hands and pray. Tell the Holy Spirit from today, I'm going to partner with you.
Oh yes. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands and pray. Ask Him to anoint you. Ask Him to help you. Empowerment of the Spirit. Receive the empowerment of the Spirit. Receive the empowerment of the Spirit. Be anointed. Receive boldness. Receive miracle power. Supernatural growth. Yes, Lord. Partnership of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Hear his voice. Let the wind of the spirit work in your ministry. Yes. Pray. 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 Pour your spirit upon us, Lord. 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 Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit. Rebocapa Mazunda Bakaba. Ricatoba Libroba Zabaya. Eyante Paralibroba Kapa. Razaba Belema. Eyante Lelebo. Release your spirit, Lord. Release your spirit, Lord. Release your spirit, Lord. Pour your spirit upon us. Pour your spirit upon us. Pour your spirit upon us. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. Becoming your portion, it's becoming your portion, it's becoming your portion. You are receiving it. Lift up your voice and pray. Release your spirit, Lord. Release your spirit, Lord. Release your spirit, Lord. And do us with power. And do us with power. And do us with power. Your power, Lord. 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 Release your spirit. Release your spirit. Release your spirit. Release your spirit. May we minister with signs and wonders. With signs following us. With signs following us. Holy Spirit, we need you. Come and partner with us. Come and partner with us. Regada Baya. Aya Brokapa. Ibrosebeleba. Aya Tebalaba. Rekota Baya. Ibaba Zaya. Adolile Marala. Idora Lebala. Alebro 
Bazaya, Ayabala Leba, Ayakapa, Apale Lebo Zaba, Ayende Lebaba, Ayabaria Labale, Rogatabaya, Ayabazabala, 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 Imparelebola, when the Holy Spirit work with us, 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 when we need you, we need you, we need you, we need you in our ministries, we need you to anoint us, anoint us to preach, anoint us to preach, anoint us to preach, anoint us Holy Ghost, Libra Gadabaya, Ia Palimazala, Rapapala, 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 Rapapala,
Step to the front. Quickly. Lift up your hands. Let up your hands. The anointing for church growth. Yes. Receive it now. Yes. It's a power. Yes. It's a power. Yes. Receive it now. Yes. Yes. Makapoli basaba. Power. Makatoro lobo shabaya. Liro lobo zibra kabale maya. Reboro lobo maziba kaba. Release. Release your power. Release your power, Lord. Release your power, Lord. Release your power. Release your power. The anointing for church growth. The anointing for church growth. The anointing for church growth. Let it fall. Let it fall. Let it fall upon us. Let it fall upon us. Let it fall upon us. Let it fall. 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 The anointing. The anointing for church growth. The power. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. Let it fall. Let it fall upon us. Supernatural power. Right now. Right now. Right now. Release your power. Release your power, Lord. Release your power, Lord. Release your power, Lord. Release your power. Amama Suka. Rekatabalia. You are receiving the power. You are receiving the power. You are receiving the power. 
Supernatural, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Lift up your hands and thank Him. Lift up your hands and thank Him. We give you praise. We give you praise. Power, power, power. We thank you. We give you praise. We bless you. We thank you for supernatural growth. Yes. Supernatural church growth. Yes, Lord. Supernatural church growth. Yes, Lord. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive it. By the power of the Holy Ghost. We love you. And we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon, opposite the Collegon Main Gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you. To glorify.